All right, welcome to another episode of Downward or Lane. Hello! Hi. Number 14, Peggy Lynn Johnson, and we are on location in Racine, or is it, should I say Racine? Racine? I know we talked about this. I say Racine. I say Racine. Racine? Yeah. Racine. I mean, Racine. I have some cousins that grew up in Racine, and they say Racine. Racine, yeah. They're okay. kind of ghetto, so I don't know, like. Now I kind of like it better. We're in Racine, <laughs> Wisconsin. Uh, to discuss really the, Raymond, right? Oh yeah, more Raymond, Raymond yeah, Caledonia, Racine County, Racine County. Um, so here we are talking about the murder of Peggy Lynn Johnson, as who was previously known as the Racine County Jane Doe. So sitting across from me is Heather, and sitting across from me is the lovely Jessica. Hi, and today we have a very special guest. Her name is Megan. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hi. And she is um, a coworker of an old coworker of mine. Now we're both stay-at-home moms. Yes. But old coworker of mine, and she has a lot. She's close to this case, and we'll get to that later of why she is here with us. But she she joined us, and it was really fun, really fun. That day yes. was our murder. Missed our murder travel day was very fun. Tour. Yes, a tour murder to tour. murder. Still <laughs> can't find any information on the one case you told us about. I know that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I think we should throw it out to the lane lovers and. See if they know anything yeah. about... Okay, we're talking in, like, gibberish. No one's going to understand what we're saying. No, they know what lane lovers are. Well, no, like, this whole their case. So we're, oh, we'll throw it out there. you're asking for some help from them? Yes. Yes. Ask them. We need help, guys. Yeah, guys, we need help. Yes. Well, I mean, in more ways. Yeah, we we besides, know we need help. Yeah. We cray. We, we need mm. investigative help. Yes. Yes. We need real help. Yeah. We, we need help. We are looking into a case. I know we kind of talked about this last yeah. show. Um, not on this one that we're going to talk about, so I'm not kind of going off topic, but, um, as we were in Racine, Racine, Racine with Megan and touring the spots where this case that we are going to cover actually happened, she told us about two really interesting other cases and we're like, Hey, since you're here, you want to go to these other places? And we're always going to say yes. Basically, yeah. the town of Raymond is lit like a yeah. crime for murders. Right. The it entire, is lit. The country. <laughs> My mom moved us out of downtown Racine, Racine. From Michigan Boulevard to the country where it was safer because there was too much crime. And my whole life, there's just murders and bodies and parts and so, everything showing up. It's so amazing. I gave you guys so the fun. VIP. I love it. We got the VIP tour. I love it. I loved it. So she, um, Megan told us about two other cases. One we're definitely going to cover because mm-hmm. there is information about him. But another one is... Um, we need help. Yes, is a, a case about a little a kid that was found in a silo. And the uh, perpetrator's name was Sean King. But guys, I have Googled every... Me too. Single, yeah. every uh, thing you can even think of around baby in silo... Dead baby silo. I mean, if it dead sees, baby silo, Raymond, Wisconsin. Dead yeah. baby Racine silent County, King. Sean Every, King. Right, silo baby so, dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, literally s- nothing. And I scoured CCAP of any Sean King el- in Milwaukee, um, and I cannot. I mean, first of all, I went through like six pages of Sean Kings. There's a lot. Different spellings. Right. Sean Kings out there, whoever they are, they have a lot of DUIs. Well, I don't know if it's just it's Wisconsin, Wisconsin or it's a Wisconsin thing. If it's a Sean King thing. Yeah. So if your name is Sean King, you've probably got at least one DUI, DUI on your record. Or if you were the the prior quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sean King. <laughs> She's got to throw in her. Well, Buccaneers. you also suck too. So <laughs> does he have any DUIs? I don't know. 
I don't know, he was our quarterback for such a small amount of time, I don't even remember. Anyway, probably. I just you said Sean King when you told us about yes, the case. So Sean King was, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he was actually a, a So Raymond the quarterback guy. from Tampa Bay came there and killed a baby. Came here. Came to <laughs> Raymond. Maybe that's why there's no record of it. It's the Buccaneers wiped <laughs> They it wiped out. it clean. <laughs> they got that kind of power now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they have that they got they pulled Tom Brady, so I mean they're clearly they have They got some gloat strings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do them blazers. They got some money. Yes. Deep pockets. Anyway, so back to the case for Peggy. So this story is fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, a cold case for 20 years. 20 year cold case. That was finally solved um, 2019. And when they solve cold, cold cases, it just makes it's so exciting. It, it gives me shivers down my spine. Yeah. In a great way. Yeah. It makes so, me, I don't know, it just yeah. fills me with joy. Yeah. You finally catch them. You know. That's why everyone needs to do 23andMe. Yep. Don't ask. We've talked me. about yeah. this before. And do it. Not only 23andMe your answer, so you do the next step and load your results. GenMatch. Gen load it up into GenMatch. Where all the people can start looking at different genealogy. Anyway, Cold cases. And then also, if you have any shitty family members that are serial killers that are hiding in the suburbs for mm-hmm. 40 years, like the Golden State Killer. Right. Yep. Catch them. Catch those motherfuckers. Yep. Gen match. Do okay. it. Do it. So, it's yeah. Not, they don't sponsor us or anything. Nope. We so, just believe in it. Yes, exactly. So, but this is a crazy case. We can't wait to talk about it with you guys and then hear Megan's, um, How know, she is personally connected yes. to the case because it is wild. Yes. So, are you guys ready? Ready? All right. So, come take a trip with us. Down Murder Lane. All right. So, start us off. On the early morning of July 21st, 1999, a dad and his 16-year-old teenage daughter took their three terrier dogs, Tony, Sylvia, and Emily, out for a walk. I like how one of them is named the same as your daughter. I know. Oh, Emily. Uh, During their walk, the daughter lagged behind a little while her dad walked ahead with three dogs. While walking down 92nd Street in the town of Raymond, the dog started barking at something in the cornfield. To the horror of them all, laid a young woman's dead body. The body was very skinny and covered in bruises. Although the two witnesses alerted the authorities immediately, it would take police 20 years to identify the victim find the suspect, and solve this case. Her name, Peggy Lynn Johnson. So Peggy Lynn Johnson was born in McHenry, Illinois, with uh, cognitive disabilities. She lived with her mother, Diane, who worked in a nursing home, and her little brother, Jesse. It is said that the father was not in the picture. Both the fathers, whoever, you know, we're not 100% sure on that. (sighs) So uh, Diane passed away in 1994, leaving the two homeless. Um, although I could not find any information on Jesse again, it is reported that he passed away in 1998, so four years later. Uh, Peggy became kind of a transient before walking into a medical center looking for help. This is where she met a nurse named Linda LaRoche. First of all, LaRoche, like, makes me think of a roach. Are you guys on board yeah. with LaRoche, it sounds evil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So LaRoche took Peggy in with her her husband, and her five children. Mm. LaRoche provided housing to Peggy in exchange for housekeeping and babysitting services, which, 
you know, like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. She's kind. She's just, I'll take you in. I don't know you at all, but you come live with sure. me. Sure. You know, help when each you, other out. When you say LaRoche, it makes me, in my head, I picture Cruella DeVille. Really? Like, Why? somebody that's, like, because LaRoche sounds like somebody that thinks they're fancy. Like, like, she's fancy, and she just thinks she's the shit, and <laughs> walking around with, like, furs and stuff, smoking these big, long Virginia Slims with I one of those think. extenders, <laughs> and she's like, Peggy, please draw my bath. <laughs> like, she's this she fancy did. bitch. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. Fast forward five years. Uh, Johnson's body was discovered in the first row of a cornfield. Johnson's injuries were apparent, and her right arm was bent unnaturally behind her. Because it had rained on the night her body was dumped, little evidence of a perpetrator was found. The witnesses stated the body had not been at the location the day before. Uh, Based on marks on her body, she appeared to have been dragged about 25 feet from the roadside to the dump site. Peggy was wearing a men's blue-gray shirt with a floral design on the front and black sweatpants. After contacting the shirt's manufacturer, which was pretty badass of cops that's smart you know yeah it was learned that the type of shirt was first sold in 1984 no additional clothing was found including footwear so this is when i want to introduce megan and we take it back up like a page Mm -hmm. we were talking about the 16 year old that was walking with her dad and found so did you guys figure out who megan is yeah yeah that was foreshadowing. Megan. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, still the it's Megan. <laughs> Megan. Yeah. Megan is the sixteen-year-old that me. was yes. walking the dogs the with her dad. The moody teenager walking the pissed off. You're like, fine, dad. I'll come with you to right. take his walk exactly. with the dog. That was pretty much the tone. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was getting ready for traffic court that morning because I had gotten a, a ticket on the day I took my ACT. Okay. So this was like my court day. It was July twenty-first. Oh. So at, you found around. a body and then you had to go to court? Yeah. That was a shitty day. Yeah, was a terrible day. Wait, did you win the ticket? No. Oh, <laughs> did you pull the I found a body card? I didn't. I think what? I, I probably didn't want the attention. Oh, like, I would have been like, hello, hi. Yeah. Me, here, I found a body today. How please much was Let me ticket. off the ticket, please. It was like $200. Jesus. Damn. Yeah. Seen? They might have deducted some points, honestly. I, I feel like. There was a lot going on that day. Yeah, that I, I feel like you helped them enough with this case that they should pay you back. Pay yeah. me the ticket? Yes. Right? I'll, yeah. I'll send that. Racine? Racine County Sheriff. You hear me, Racine County Sheriff? <laughs> Megan. They did. They weren't she, the ones that gave me the ticket. Well, so. still. And if you convert it to like 1999 money, it's like $2,000. Exactly. So. Inflation. Inflation. Yeah. You guys owe Megan $2,000. But anyway, so <laughs> Megan was the person to find her body. Do you have anything to add to what we put here? With the scene where she was found. Yeah. It would, well, pretty much how you had described it. It was it was a crazy morning. My dad walked that stretch of 92nd Street where our farm what was is still every day. Um, he was manic about walking all the time. And this morning he's like, oh, come with me. You know, you got to get up early for court. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, Fine. so lame. My dad's so lame. Yeah. I want to go, because he would recite, like, random quotes of poetry and shit. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to it's deal too early with it. For this. It's too early for this. <laughs> So when we were walking and, and the dogs were going a little crazy, and at first you're kind of like, what? And my dad's like, somebody's sleeping. Somebody's mm. sleeping up there. I'm like, no. That's just, you get this weird feeling, and I'm sure for most kids would be like, 
this is horrifying. And for some reason, I don't know if CSI was a show then yet or not, but I, I that was the day I realized that maybe I should go into criminal justice as a career because I see this dead girl, probably my age, and I'm not affected by it. Really. Emotionally. Right. I'm, I go into, she's not wearing shoes, so she wasn't hit by a car. You know, she's dragged into the corn. So you were noticing things from more of an investigative standpoint than from a holy shit, I'm freaking out standpoint. Right, which my dad was doing. Right. He was freaking out. But you were looking at it like, okay, she wasn't wearing shoes. Right. She's She's got bruises all Like you said, you said her shirt was up so you could see her her back. You could see her back and she's very thin, very, very thin. Um, You know, bruises all over her and the arm was up over, I think. It maybe would have been different if I would have seen her face. Her face was not facing the street. It's probably, yeah. It's probably good you didn't see her face. Right. And my mom has said that ever since then, too. But, so it was just, I went into that type of mode, maybe trying to rationalize what I was seeing, and maybe that was a coping mechanism or something. Who knows? But, um... Well, you learned something about yourself that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was... You learned that you're kind of a weirdo. I... Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I, I like more weirdos. I think at 16 I knew that, but it's definitely been validated as I've, yeah. as I've become older. I can yeah. relate. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And then it took you down the path, the career path that you chose. and Right. Yeah, I wanted to be forensics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And now yeah. I deal with a crazy five-year-old. Every so day. it's like we live very parallel lives. Yes. I hear right. you. Yeah. So, okay, so during the autopsy, multiple injuries were observed across her body. And it was determined she had endured several weeks of neglect in addition to long-term physical abuse. Mm. She was malnourished and suffered from an untreated infection to her um, in her left elbow. The abuse increased in severity in the days prior, uh, immediately prior to her death, and she had also been sexually assaulted. Jesus. Potential uh, chemical burns were identified on 25% of her body, and road rash was also observed. Not like the dragging, probably. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Her nose was broken, as were several of her ribs. Although some of the later injuries uh, occurred after death, a cauliflower ear deformity may have been caused by the recent increase of abuse she suffered, either from being beaten or being pulled. So sharp. And that's from repeated trauma yeah, like, to your what, head. Um, not wrestlers, but like wrestlers boxers. get it, and boxers yeah. because they get hit in their the side of their head so much. Mm-hmm. So it's from repeated trauma. Yeah. So sharp force trauma was also evident on the same ear. Crazy. So, <sighs> additionally, the examination suggested she may have been a cognitively disabled individual. Which, how did they know that? That's right, one from thing. From an autopsy. From an autopsy. How can right. you even know that? Maybe something in the brain, or you know, who knows? It's, I don't know. Right? Isn't that weird? It's so, like to, it's so bizarre. Well, know? and I don't want to sound stereotypical because. It's not like she had Down syndrome where she had a certain look on her look face, on her yeah, face yeah. where you can tell if somebody has Down syndrome or mm-hmm. you can tell um, certain t- syndromes. Mm-hmm. You can, like, if somebody has, like, fragile X or whatever, like, you can tell they have a certain look on their face. Mm-hmm. But she did not. That's why I'm always, sorry, I was, drink, I was sipping my Snoop wine. <laughs> Cheers, um, ladies. Wine. Cheers. Cheers. So that's why I was wondering, how did they know that from the autopsy? But I'm not a scientist. I need more Snoop wine. Go ahead. So it was believed that she was most likely 18 to 35 years old. Her front incisors protruded from her mouth, and decay was present on many teeth. Some of her teeth were actually missing. Her curly hair was reddish-brown, collar-length, and appeared to have blonde highlights. 
Johnson's eye color was difficult to discern, but listed as brown, green, or hazel. There were two earrings in each of her ears. Additionally, there were evidence she may have worn glasses despite their absence from the crime scene. Okay, so Peggy's funeral was on October 27, 1999, after the autopsy and other examinations were completed. She was buried at Holy Family Cemetery in Caledonia, Wisconsin. Her gravestone read, Daughter, Jane Doe, along with the dates of discovery and burial, with the phrase, Gone but not forgotten. Megan was actually at the funeral. Yep, yeah. Yep, we were, my dad and I went, and I, we, they still hadn't identified her. I mean, it's not like she had been out that long, but we found her July. July. So this mm-hmm. was October, so yeah, months, and they months, still yeah. hadn't identified her. And I think I just felt like nobody was going to be there. And you felt compelled. Of, right. Like I needed to have some kind of connection to seeing her put to rest, and hopefully they could find out, mm-hmm. you know, who she was. And I was surprised there were a few people there that I was expecting no one. You know, you don't really know what to expect. Yeah. Honestly, I think aside from maybe a grandparent, it was like the first funeral I'd been to. Yeah. Oh, you, you were know, 16. 16. Yeah. yeah. That's really young. So it was it was an, a surreal experience. But yeah. yeah, we were there. That was good of you to go, though. Your dad. Did your mom go? I don't think so. I think my mom worked. Yeah. My mom, I just remember my mom was always so upset that we didn't wake her up. She worked second shift in the morning that we found her. She's like, I can't believe you guys didn't wake me up and tell me what the hell was going on. <laughs> and she's had that, like, ever since then. Yeah. Like, a grudge. She still talks about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you never woke me up for that. I'm like, well, sorry. Did yeah. she want in on the action? Or I, I like, don't know what. My I mean, mom, she's... I you get know, it. She's murder mystery. She okay. So yeah. she's because I would have been pissed. I've been like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. The fruit doesn't I fall know. far from yeah. the tree, and I think she probably you know Wanted it's not every yeah. day that 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 so happens. Damn it! Unless you're in Raymond, missed my course, chance. Right. Massive opportunity. I mean, just walk around the corner in Raymond, and there's going to be dead bodies. <laughs> but um, yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't there. She was working. Okay. But I just remember my dad and I were there, and there were some people from the church. And, Mm-hmm. Some other local people, I think, that were just there for the same reason. Yeah. Okay. All right. So multiple reconstructions were created of her face to assist with the visual identification of the body. In 2012, a revised reconstruction was created by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, replacing their original. Police theorized that she was an international visitor, a runaway child, or was estranged from her family. Her remains were exhumed on October 16, 2013 for further study and transported to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where her body had previously been examined in 1999. Authorities hoped that by studying the isotopic... Is that correct? Isotopic? I I took as little of science in college as possible to be able to... (laughs) I think it's isotopic, right, Megan? Isotopic makeup of her bone. I, I know what isotope is I, yeah, I I mean I don't yeah. know what it is but I know Isotopes. what the word yeah. sure <laughs> like literally they said to me Heather do you want a bachelor of arts or a bachelor of science and yeah. I said what's the difference and they said well you have to take more math and science if you get a bachelor of science I was like well fuck I'm getting arts. a bachelor of arts <laughs> yeah, then arts, yeah. Like, pass me the crayons yeah, yeah miss me with that extra <laughs> math and science shit because yeah. that's not me okay so Bachelor of Arts Heather did not know how to say that word. Isotopic makeup of her bones. They would be able to tell where she had lived prior to death, which is so interesting. Very. Yes. 
an anthropologist from Tennessee was employed to conduct the tests. Although the murder remained unsolved at the time, investigators stated they hoped that the case would eventually come to a close. A press conference in 2013 explained they had uncovered more clues, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. It was announced on July 19, 2015, that the examination of her remains had been completed and that they would be reburied on the 16th anniversary of Johnson's discovery. So that was July, what date? 21st? Okay. Authorities stated they had indeed uncovered new leads from the exhumation, but they declined to state any details. Super cool. On October 20th, 2016, it was announced that chemical isotope testing, see, I know how to say it, chemical isotope testing performed by the Smithsonian on a sample of her hair and bone suggested she was potentially from or spent several years of her life in Alaska, Montana, or portions of southern Canada. Which is... I don't see. None of it, right? Yeah. Not correct at all? No. Right. So that was a big... Smithsonian did that? That's like our crown jewel of a museum, and they are completely wrong. Yeah. No, actually, she's from Illinois. Yeah. But, okay, thanks, Smithsonian. They're they're definitely like Canada. Southern Canada. Southern Canada. Does that make us Southern Canada? (laughs) Kind of. Maybe they say that. Yeah, the upper Midwest is Southern Canada. (laughs) So the Smithsonian's like, no, no, no. When I said Southern Canada, I meant the Midwest of the United States. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay. So authorities did not comment on what testing the results were from, whether recent with hair or history from bone. Additionally, it was revealed the victim or her murderer or murderers were possibly from southeastern New England, such as New Hampshire or New Jersey. The police department planned on seeking forensic genetic genealogy organizations to identify potential relatives of the victim. Crazy. Science, so science. interesting. Right. Yep. I mean, I don't know anything about science, but I find it fascinating. Yeah. Just like it when is. we learned all about those, the fingerprint oh, yeah. methods and the WAP. That's true. Can't get on that. It's going to take us way off course. <laughs> okay. So now a 20-year cold case on November 17, 2019, the Racine County Sheriff's Office announced that Sheriff Christopher Schmaling, 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 thank you would hold a media briefing the following day to release information about Racine County Jane Doe's identity and the name of the individual in custody for her death. And I remember when this happened because you posted it on Facebook. I followed it a lot. Yeah, when they were doing updates and all these dates on here is like a chronology. You just remember. When the news would contact me. My dad never talked to the media. He didn't want to deal with it. So then it kind of became, they would hit me up and... For, you know, they released a new image of her. Oh, they're going to do your this. thoughts. You know, they're going to yeah. exhum her and do tests. And what are your thoughts? So, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And I was, this is insane. Yeah. So awesome. I'm, I'm glad I could share that information yeah. with you that hey. day. <laughs> Super cool. Okay, so um, the announcement stated that both the victim and the individual in custody have uh, substantial ties to the Northwestern Chicago, Canada suburb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. South, Southern Canada, yeah. a.k.a. Northwestern Chicago okay. suburbs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so then on November 8th, 2019, Racine County authorities identified the victim through DNA comparison as Peggy Lynn Johnson, 23, of McHenry, Illinois. 
Definitely not Canada. Nope. Or maybe they've annexed or Illinois. Montana. Sorry, that really freaked me out. What was that noise? It's coming it's from the vent. It's probably the cats trying probably. to get in. They're so, in I forgot to mention this in the beginning of the episode, but you know where we record is in Jessica's bathroom. Yes. The last <laughs> time I was in this bathroom was like how many days ago? Like three nights ago. Three nights ago. It was in the in the morning. The next morning. I puked a lot in, in this, this bathroom. bathroom. Yep. So the last time I was in this bathroom, I was puking, and then her other friend was puking. We were taking turns puking. Yeah. And now we're all and I, sitting on the floor. Yeah, and I, I laid on the floor of this <laughs> bathroom and wished for death. I was like, okay, Lord, just take me now. We've all been I'm there. Done. Yes. We've all been there. I'm oh, done. I'm done, God. Yeah. I'm sorry. Porcelain I'm, gods. I'm really sorry for what I did last night, God, all those shots at VC. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please just take me now. I, I'm ready. Okay, so anyways, last time I was in this bathroom, I was so sick. Maybe that's your spirit. I know, it's a spirit. That's part of, that's one of my lives, one of my nine lives is in that vent. It's knocking, wants back into your body. (laughs) No, that's, no. (laughs) Stay in there. Everything that came out of me in this bathroom Sunday morning needs to stay out of me. Taking a new paranormal twist. And I don't. I do not want it back. And I don't like it. See, this is giving me creeps. I don't like, I don't like ghost stuff. I don't, so... (laughs) Stop so it. poor Jessica had to listen. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jessica had to listen. And I couldn't even me. lift my head off the pillow to get out of here. I was out there. I couldn't even get up to go up the stairs. I had to just listen to she... it. <laughs> All three of us were laying on the couch sleeping, and none of us could roll over, lift our head, or do anything. No. Nope. It was hilarious. It was so bad. It was so bad. And I literally, like, was just like, oh, my God. I'm laying there like, I have to puke, but I can't even get up. Like, what am I going to do? And you can't sleep because you're so uncomfortable. Anytime I would roll over, I just was, like, immediately so nauseous. And my head was just pounding. And April's phone kept going (laughs) Dang it, April. (laughs) Okay, anyways. It was rough. It was rough. I... I lived. We're here to say the, talk the tale. It was And then I have to bad. say, the next day we had a text thread going with the whole group that was out that night. And everyone's like, oh, I'm dying. You know, I feel so crappy. And then like, I took a picture that night. Oh, I'm drinking a beer again. And I was like, damn, <laughs> Jess, you're a soldier. I literally, I saw that picture and I gagged. I was like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. I'm going to puke again. Don't Don't play. Who wants more wine? I know. Do you need some wine? Yeah, yeah let's let's have some more wine. Okay. You know, might as well just keep drinking. All right, you guys pour the wine. I will keep yes. talking about we'll, Peggy. We're not going to puke pour tonight. No, no puking. Yes. Yeah. We'll pour it out. Pour okay. it out for Peggy. Pour out a little. Do sure. you need more? Oh, that's good. You're good? You. Do you need more, Joss? Are you I'm good? Okay. I'm okay. So on November 8th, um, so they identified her. And so her accused killer was identified as a 63-year-old nurse, Linda Sue LaRoche. Cruella DeVille. A.K.A. Cruella DeVille. Yep. LaRoche owned her own nursing practice, established in 1997, which provided health care to at least two Illinois correctional <coughs> facilities. Johnson was never reported missing, although her Aunt Rita did place an ad in the uh, December 1999 issue of the Northwest Herald requesting Johnson contact her. Did you ever see that no. newspaper thing? It's just like a box and it says, Hey, Peggy, call me. Yeah, hey, Peggy, call me Aunt Rita. Really? No, no I never. Just... I I never saw saw that. I um. I had heard from a. I 
after they identified her and my name had been in the media throughout the course of the 20 years, I had a numerous amount of people contact me. People that knew her as kids and, you know, sending me pictures and people who didn't know her but supported her story and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I had heard from one of them, it might have been from one of the reporters, uh, where it all came from, but she actually had, like, a friend that went to visit Peggy shortly after she got the job at the house, mm-hmm. and Peggy was so proud, like, I have a job, I'm working yeah. for this lady, you know, and really was kind of happy that she was trying to be on her own and considering the circumstance, and then she had gone back, I think, a few times to visit, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that then she had tried to go back, and LaRoche actually answered and told her she didn't live there anymore, that she ran away and, you know, wasn't there anymore, and the girl kind of found it hard to believe, and I had heard the girl, friend of hers, her dad was like a cop, and she went to her dad, she's like, you know, it's just not right, I don't think she'd run away, she was so proud yeah. to have this job, yeah. and that's just not like her, and he's like, it didn't well, sit you know, right. She, right, she felt something was yeah. off. And he's like, well, you know, you can't really report her as a missing person because she's an adult and she's not really mm-hmm. missing. Yeah. You know. And, and the family and, didn't And the family didn't report yeah. her missing. Oh so it kind of was, it makes you wonder all these little bits and parts if things would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. You know. Would it have been solved a lot quicker. Probably right, wouldn't have yeah. changed the outcome of the case, but her identifying her is what you're saying. Yeah, right. Quicker. Yeah. So. so LaRoche was arrested on November 5th, 2019, in Cape Coral, Florida, because it's always freaking, they're it's always Florida. in Florida. Florida. I know. Florida, man. I know. Every time you see something on the in the news with Florida, you just sit there like, please don't be Hillsborough County. Please don't be here. And they're like, Citrus County. You're like, yes. <laughs> and you're like, it's not Hillsborough County. It's not my hometown. <laughs> so, um, so then she was arrested in Cape Coral, Florida, where she resided since 2013. She reportedly confessed to killing someone during her stay in Illinois to various individuals. <laughs> Who uh, one of them? And she's like, just so you know, right? Yeah, How does I that even somebody. come up in conversation? I know. Well, know? she get like hammered or something, and she's like, guess what? Yeah, right. I killed someone once. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell anyone. Or like your your neighbor next door won't take out their garbage, and like I'm gonna kill him for you. I've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you yeah, know, I've killed that? someone before, so don't fuck with me. <laughs> when you see her face, you probably I bet you that's the yeah. It's like just so you know, bitch. Right. I killed someone before, so you better watch your step. Yeah. Yeah. So she alerted someone, she told someone, and then that person went to the police on September 23rd. So according to the criminal complaint, LaRoche was charged with first degree intentional homicide and concealment of a corpse. A corpse. Oh my gosh. Too much wine. I know. Now I have like the <laughs> wine burps or whatever. Hiccup. Hiccup. So, so what really happened? So going back to, to um, 1994, classmates recall last seeing Peggy at the homecoming dance, which is heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. So friends say she was quiet and mild-mannered. She did, in fact, become homeless at 18 when her mom died and met LaRoche at a mental health facility where she was, she'd gone looking for help. I mean, can you mean she's... This makes me so sad. Very, very sad. So um, Johnson agreed to serve as a housekeeper for LaRoche in exchange for room and board. Which is a great setup. Yeah, like, oh, this is wonderful. Right. I help you, you help me. Exactly. Kind of a thing. So the emotional and physical abuse against Peggy took place over a significant period of time before her death. As indicated by the autopsy, she was subject she was subjected to a poor living environment and was not well nourished. 
Instances of LaRoche's abuse toward Peggy were confirmed by her children, one of which the victim confided in after being asked about a bruise on her face. So another one of her children claimed they saw their mother once stab Peggy in the face with a pitchfork. I read that they ma- that she made her sleep under like the, the stairs in a cupboard. Or in, in, in a crawl space. Like a crawl, crawl space. In the basement. Yeah, that's what oh. I was told. That's where she had to sleep. Right. It's insane. Yes. Monster. Yes. So despite friends and classmates of Johnson describing her as mild-mannered and quiet, LaRoche claimed Peggy repeatedly stole from the residents, including medication, and invited males over without permission. LaRoche's now ex-husband stated he had come home in July 1999 to find Peggy Lang unresponsive, which the suspect claimed resulted from an overdose. LaRoche admitted to having stored medication in the cellar of the residence where Peggy was allegedly forced to sleep, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, and that she witnessed seeing Peggy faint after emptying pill containers in their bathroom sink. Peggy allegedly expired after being taken outside for better air quality. LaRoche instructed her then-husband to take their children away for an outing so she could dispose of Peggy's body. Paramedics were not called, and LaRoche did not provide medical assistance to her, despite her occupation as a nurse. The autopsy of Peggy's body disputed the alleged overdose as toxicology tests proved negative. LaRoche informed her husband upon his return that the victim regained consciousness, after which she gave two different accounts of leaving Johnson with her grandmother or abandoning her, unharmed, along a roadway in Wisconsin. Peggy's grandmother denied ever meeting members of LaRoche family, let alone seeing her on the day in question. So, why was her... Okay, so she says to her husband, get the kids out of here. I got to take care of her body. Mm-hmm. So, he's an accessory here. Yeah. Because that was his opportunity to be right. like, this isn't right, I'm calling 911. Yeah. Like, you can't... No, something happened mm-hmm. here. And if it was... If it was an overdose, why wouldn't she call the police? Yeah. If it's really an accident, you have nothing to hide, you obviously call the police. Yeah. So her husband was complicit in this. Yeah. But then she comes back and says, oh, no, when I took her out, she, you know, regained consciousness, and then I just took her to her grandmother's house. Right. So he, and then he probably was just like, oh, okay. What a right. dumbass, first of all. Well, right. If he believed that, which... I'm Maybe sure she was he, abusing him with pitchforks. Well, too. I'm no, sure no. she wasn't nice to him. No. I'm sure she was being those kids and him are probably being emotionally abused. Yeah. But he was, he was probably like, okay, well, I'll wash my hands of that situation. Yeah, probably didn't want to get involved. No. So yeah, crazy. But so it, yeah, know, it, it's like if that's the case, and when her body turned up and her picture was everywhere, then do an anonymous trip uh, tip yes. yeah, to like true. Crime Stoppers or something. You know, you let. Obviously, the family, I don't know if they were looking or not looking. Who knows? It was 20 years, and she didn't have a name for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But if he was in that situation, mm-hmm. just like, hey, instead of letting her be Jane Doe for 20 years of her, you know, dead life, mm-hmm. I, I just, none of that made any sense to I me. Know. It was so just maddening. Yeah. So last year in February 2020, Peggy's body was once again exhumed and reburied next to her mother in Belvedere, Illinois. So that's nice. Yes. LaRoche is currently being held in Racine County and is supposed to have her trial start next week, February 8th, 2021. 
So maybe we'll have to have an update and talk about her trial. Yeah. Bitch-ass LaRoche getting what she mm-hmm. is going to deserve. Right. She ain't following the rule of no bitch-ass. No, she is a bitch-ass. You remember that? P. Diddy was like, yes. no bitch-ass. No yes. Bitch-ass. That's, a, that's a theme. Well, no, she's that's a been, life motto. It's a life motto. <laughs> she's been very good at pushing I had no bitch-assness so on Saturday. There was no... I had a it. lot of bitch-assness on Sunday when I was puking my guts out yeah. in this bathroom. Did the damn thing. Oof, so, rough. Megan was saying that... Tell us... Talk about what you have read about her getting ready. Because she's... You know, it's it's been a year since, you know, they picked her up, whatever. How she's been pushing her trial back. The yeah, bullshit. she... It, I can't even wrap my head around so much of it. She's. I'm going to look at her picture again. Deny, like, you know, doesn't take these public defenders. Then she's like, oh, I don't have money for an attorney. Basically, any little loophole and scheme you can run to try to push your court dates back, she has done consistently yeah. from, like, the second they extradited her back here. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been unbelievable. It's like one of, It's kind of like those narcissist psychopaths that say... Oh, I'm gonna represent myself. I don't need a public defender. She like, has right? crazy eyes. She's like yeah. Corella Deville. Man. She is Corella Deville. Send it to April. She's the best at Photoshop's. Have her make it into, into a fur coat. Yeah, put her into a coat. Ew, look at her trying to be fancy. See, I told you she's got one of those long cigarettes and she's like, mm-hmm. Look at me, I'm LaRoche. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. And you bragging eventually got you nailed. Good. So hopefully they See, she fancy. It's crazy. I know. Disgusting. She's Disgusting. a bitch. So I hate her. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe they figured out that. You, know, you go. You go twenty years without knowing who this this girl is, and I think for the longest time I kind of had this whole, like, oh, she was probably some like drug guy's girlfriend. You know, trying to make it the worst possible story so I could just like come to terms with. Mm-hmm. all of it yeah like you know or she was you know not like it's a better alternative but like some sex slave that got dumped off or yeah. some horrible trying to horrible, like rationalize to like rationalize, what could have put you in this situation right why is this young girl tortured for months and months and months and i find her in a cornfield you know so yeah you go to that point and then when it's hit with hey they figure out who she is and then Bam from the other side, and they have the chick who killed her, and you're like, a woman killed her, yeah. a mother yeah. killed her, yeah. a caregiver. Jeez, like, somebody who takes an oath to take care right. of people. It was, yeah. There's an nurse. oath that nurses take. Yeah, right. It's it, it just disgusting. So Hippocratic oath or yeah. something like that mm-hmm. that they yeah. take to protect people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you know, not to make this about me, but I'm a special needs mom. So this hits me in a whole different way because, number one, like, this is my, like, worst fear is when you have a vulnerable kid and you trust people Mm because people with special needs are way more likely to be abused physically, emotionally, and sexually than typically developing people and children. So it's always a fear and, you know, you, you, you have this vulnerable kid and you give them to people to take care of them at school or babysitters or whatever always have a fear that something's going to happen to them and I have dreams about it it's horrible it's like my worst nightmare and I was telling these ladies you know we have worked really hard to put together like a living will like a plan if something happens to us 
who gets our children and, you know, who would take our son with special needs. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to make sure that if something happens to you, that your kids, period, are taken care of, but especially if you have a child with special needs, what happens to them when you're gone? Because they can be dumped on the street. They can be put in a group home. Some group homes are horrible and abusive and neglectful. Um, Some family members are not equipped to handle special Mm -hmm. needs. You don't want the courts deciding it. So we you know, have like backup plans and everything, but it just made me really sad. And they reminded me that maybe these people didn't have, weren't as educated or didn't have the resources to know to do these things. Or a good advocate. Like or a good are. advocate to know to do these things to protect her. Mm-hmm. But it just made me really sad that she didn't have somebody to make sure that when her parents were gone, it just makes me really sad. Yeah. That she had so much, but the thing is, and we talked about job. this. Uh, I know we talked about this before we started recording. Is you know she had a grandmother and aunt that were still surviving, right. you know, was alive. Where were they when her mother died? I mean, Where? if I died, yeah. and if like my husband was gone and I died, my brother would rush and take my children, no questions asked. Yeah. My parent, like, but her brother was only fourteen. Not her, I'm just saying, her like, brother. I know. 14. I'm just saying, like, I have family that would come in. At, any minute, mm-hmm. no questions asked, and take. They would never just let my children be homeless, flounder or, out yeah, there yeah. in the world. A grandmother and an aunt, regardless if they have special needs or not. Yeah, they're fourteen and eighteen. Even a even a typical fourteen and eighteen year old, you don't just yeah. let them out yeah. there, especially one with special needs. I don't. Know. So it just hit me like mm-hmm. real hard because yeah. it. I just think about that. You know, somebody harming him. Mm-hmm. a caretaker harming him. And then, you know, like typically people that have special needs are very, very, very trusting people. They're very pure souls. Yeah. Right. So she comes into this situation, Peggy does being like, and she, she was with it enough to know that she needed to go somewhere to get help. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to advocate for herself, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Right. Did you have custard? No, no custard. <laughs> um, Jessica's stomach made a noise. No, that was my like throat. Anyways. Snoop trying to. So come she out. was, she was, you know, high functioning enough to realize that she needed help. So she goes to, a, she does a smart thing. She goes to a mental health facility, sees a nurse, and oh, a nurse, somebody I can trust. This lady's gonna let me. She's gonna help me. So just blind trust. Yep. Probably looking for a mom figure. Mm -hmm. And then this lady, like, beats the crap out of her. I read that Peggy died of sepsis, probably. Right. Because she was beaten and had so much internal wounds wounds that she died of sepsis. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Mm -hmm. unbelievably horrible. Yeah. I wanted to kill this woman myself. Well, maybe, well, prison justice is all we can hope for, right? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, we went on location um, on 92nd Street where Peggy's body was found with Megan. And so Megan took us on like a little tour of where we found, you know, where the body was found. And there's like a little memorial there. So um, totally in the middle of nowhere. Right. Now that's in the middle, you know, like. Well, it was nowhere even more so back then. There was a lot more. I think I told a lot more houses built out out there now Mm -hmm. and where the memorial is, is actually on a house that wasn't there when her body was found. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, just cornfield. Yeah. Cornfield land. Midwest. So country. that's kind of like a break. So would you guys buy of land knowing that a body had been found there? Cause that there's a memorial, you know, and like buy, build a house on that land. Probably. I you think would. I would. Yeah. I don't, I think I could, I don't think I could live in a house where somebody was killed. Like, no, but I could, not. like, on a piece of land where the body was found. Yeah. Yeah, you could? I could. I mean, technically, this land that we're on right now could have been a body found right. underneath yeah, here. You there's, never know. You don't know. No. But, like, knowing that you go out to your property, like, oh, there's a memorial for a cold case, because it was still cold at the time when the right. house was built. Right. Still went to scar it. I don't know. That would freak me out. Knowing that the murderer, like, dumped the body <laughs> well, there. And stuff and all that stuff freaks you out. We're yeah. a little... Like, more macabre, I think, where I'd be like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> you and I, like, we're talking about how we like creepy-looking trees right, and stuff. Yeah, like, we're like, weirdos. So I'd buy land with creepy trees and trees yes. found on it. And Absolutely. And like, no thanks. Yeah, I live in there. Give me the creepy down. oak trees <laughs> with, mm-hmm. that look, like, yeah. haunted and crows and... Right. I like I kind of always stuff. secretly wished, like, my house or our barn or, like, something was haunted. What? Yeah, I don't know. I was... I'm sure it is. I was weird. You're an only Just, child. Oh, I was. You needed some... <laughs> I know. I, I needed some... Ex- I'm all, and, you know, Jeremy, you know, lifelong friend of mine, and yeah. we grew up together, and we would f- create these crazy stories about creatures that lived in the woods and stuff, so oh I don't God. know. Like Slenderman? Slender Man? Don't even, can we not no, talk we about them? <laughs> I hate that We guy. were... <laughs> I think we were like that before it was like the thing. Yeah. But, I mean, we had like telepathic condors yes. that lived in the woods and read, read your mind. I love this. Pond monsters that like deboned fish because we found like a fish head once in my mom's pond. I, weird stuff. That is I weird. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, it was random. Yeah. No, that's totally good random. imagination. That's childhood. Oh, that's right. good. So I think that kind of also always led to the my. I love that paranormal stuff, though. Yeah. Like, the complete opposite, mm. where I'm like, yeah. I like it, too. You know, that's cool. So, I was like, maybe the barn's haunted. So, I, like I would it. totally probably dig yeah. having with a With a body sound on it. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. I'd be okay with it. I don't know about a house. Like, an existing house. Yeah. But if I just bought some land, and they're like, just so you know, like, there was a body dumped here, and I'd be like, eh. Yeah. That's all right. I'm okay. Yes. Like, I wonder if LaRoche's house... Like, yeah. is it still there? Like, I would have a problem be... living in LaRoche's house. Yeah. Well, if you knew it was LaRoche's, but, like, if somebody, mm-hmm. you know, down the road, if that house is still there. You know, like, there's a murder house, house in my neighborhood, and when I run or buy it or drive by it, I'm always like, ooh. Yeah. Creepy. Like, somebody lives there. I looked her up on CCAT. That's how I knew what her charges were. And when it, the address gave us was in, the address listed was Cape Coral, Florida. Okay. So it didn't have the house because I was like, well, if we could find the house in McHenry, right, right, and that, that would have been a good right because it's not place that far. to go. Yeah, do we know where she was killed? That you know what I'm saying, right? But it, I, I couldn't find it. So, hmm. yeah, she was where her body was dumped was off of Seven Mile Road, and when you get out into that part of Racine County, off I ninety four, that comes up from Illinois, you have very limited. Mm-hmm. exits mm-hmm. and seven miles kind of the last exit before you hit milwaukee county and it's very remote mm-hmm. um so you can just tell you know it was dark and yeah 
just drive down there, find the first couple roads where there's not houses, and yeah, dump it out, dump it out. And it's just disgusting that she just treated her like garbage like that. So yeah, yeah, woman is horrible. She's garbage. Yeah, that's not how anybody a human should treat a human, much less a nurse and a mom. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It when the news came to me after. They, like, identified her and stuff. Like, it was really emotional because now, you know, I was 16 then and for 20 years. And my daughter's five. She just turned five. So this happened when I was a newer newer mom. And I can't fathom, like, harming my child. I know. Or harming oh. a child in general. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, Peggy was older. But yeah. I also have a stepdaughter. Harming anybody. Who's an adult. I mean, my stepdaughter's going to be 25 at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So... She was like that age when they discovered who Peggy was, and she was the same, they were like the same age. I can't, what goes through somebody's mind? And here all these years, I'm like, it was a guy, you know, some yeah, sick, twisted thinking, yeah. person. It was a woman that just, beat her to death. Right, and a nurse who was supposed to And care. a mother. Right. In and front somebody, of her children. Yeah, and probably, somebody that probably, like Peggy probably looked at her as a mother figure. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd been through this trauma of losing her mom. Yeah. And homeless. homeless. I wonder why the mom didn't make a plan, and not to get back. You know, you know what I'm saying. Right. It just. Well, I keep. I know it's times. because of my personal situation, but it really keeps bothering me that she didn't have a plan. For her Something family. written down. It doesn't need to be a lawyer drawn up document. It can literally be. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't, and you have children. And you don't have something written down. It can literally be on a piece of paper. What happens right. to your kids if something happens to you and your spouse? Please do it now. Right. Yeah. yeah make a plan. To or why didn't she call the grandma? Save like, life. Right. Her yes. mom. Like, right. hey, if anything happens, you know, can you just make sure Peggy gets this, this, and this, and Jesse gets this, this, and this? Right. Yeah. I Knowing don't... that the dads were dead. You know. Right. Or not in the picture or yeah, whatever the hell was going on there. Right. Or even, you know, friends. Yeah. Like, were there... It doesn't have to be a family member. It can be a friend. Right. Like, just you know, somebody, she, like... stay with you until so-and-so can make accommodations? Even so, if you're not sick, you still need a plan. Yeah. Right. But even more so, that's what... Right. Yeah. And, I mean, even more so, you have a special needs child that is vulnerable, and you have a kid who's still a minor. You need a plan. Yeah. If something happens to you. And literally... It can be written on a napkin. It doesn't need to, with your signature, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be anything fancy. Fancy. Yeah. You don't need to go to a lawyer. Just write it down. Yeah. And then give copies to the people that you want mm-hmm. to know just in case to know. happens. That's yep. all you have to do. Yep. Literally. Maybe save. That's our PSA today. Right. Jessica and I like save to give. Life. Yeah, Jessica and I like to give parenting advice here. We're not yeah. perfect parents. I mean, clearly, yep. like, I spent the entire day on Sunday in bed and also vomiting. And ignoring my children. <laughs> so I am not a perfect mom. But if I die, there's a plan. There's a plan. Yeah. So guess what? I'm fucking winning. Exactly. Right. We're all doing the best we can. So just, you know, yeah. make sure your kids are taken care of. If something happens to you, you don't want this cruel world deciding for them what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always think, like, I don't want my kids with that person or this exactly. person. Like, I want to make sure I have control even after I die. Oh, absolutely. There's some Where people I'm like, nope, yeah. I need to do this because I do not want the courts putting them with this right. person. Yeah. Just because they're family or just because they're something, you know. Right. Just, right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you want to have those conversations with the people that you have selected, Mm -hmm. especially if your child has special needs. Like, just so you know, like, are you comfortable with this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're like me, you have binders for your kid that literally are like, if I die, go in this binder and I'll tell you exactly what to do. Like, if Nolan needs this, this is what you need to do. No, that's awesome. Jessica, if I die, you'll know what to do. Of course I'll know what to do. I have a funeral binder, a Nolan binder, and Nate binder. What color are they so I know where to look? White. They're all white in the filing cabinet. Got it. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And if it's not you and it's Mike, then I'm your alibi, right? Right, exactly. So I need to start planning how to... uh, Get me out of the country. Yes. (laughs) I think I sent you all of these pictures. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to post pictures. We're going to post pictures of Peggy and Cruella DeVille. Yeah. And then where we visited, and it was... It's beautiful there. It is nice. Mm -hmm. It's It's nice. It's just bodies, man. There's a big body count in Raymond. Mm -hmm. There is. It's like Pleasant Prairie. Like, I always... We have to do a Pleasant Prairie episode because I always laugh that it's called Pleasant Prairie because there's so many bodies that get dumped there because it's right over the border. Yep. We need to, we can go to Outlet Malls. I love Outlet Malls. Oh, shit. Are they open? Yes. Cracker Cracker Barrel. Barrel. Cracker Barrel. Yes. We can go, we can, Pleasant Prairie, there's so many bodies that get dumped. So let's do a Pleasant Prairie episode where we go to Outlet Malls and Cracker Barrel. Done. Oh. Murder. Clear Biscuits. your calendar. Shopping. Yeah. Yes. Raymond doesn't have any shopping or uh, or restaurants. Yes. There's, there's a lot of bodies, though. There's there's bodies. There's, there's bodies. And there's a town hall. Town hall slash tire store slash I hair salon it. slash. No, no you, there's, there's no hair salon. You're, you're bougieing it up a little bit. There is there's legit. There's a school. There is a, an auto pap. Now there is an internet company because it's the boonies and the boonies needs internet. Got it. Got and it. and the uh, Department of Public Works is mm. in the old single room town hall. And then there's a, it's actually a village now. They became a village. <gasps> oh, good yeah, for them. Like upgraded. Year. I know, but all the of fiance- us. Let all me of upgrade. Us, like, <laughs> let me upgrade. That's We're going to forever call it town. It, it's yeah. never going to roll off the tongue. Village of Raymond. It's no, it's a town. It's yeah. just... That's the way it should be. It is. Yeah. I like it. So if you guys have any other, you know, we're always looking for information. Like, had so many people reach out. Keep sliding into Heather's DMs. Not mine. Into Heather's DMs. Yeah. Slide away. I like it. And, or follow us on Instagram at Down Murder Lane. Or Facebook, Down Murder Lane, a true crime podcast. Or the email at Down Murder Lane podcast at Gmail. Heather checks them. I do. I check <laughs> them. I read them. I like them. Yes. Um... I posted something on our Instagram stories today that was asking for case suggestions. We we get a lot of them, and we like them, and we just need more. Yeah. So many good ones come out. Outside of Raymond. Anywhere. Yeah. Southeastern yeah, Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, Southern Canada, a.k.a. Chicago <laughs> suburbs. Love it. Um, we really have to do... Service I cannot Chicago. wait to start a Pleasant Prairie episode because I'm. it's like a joke between my mom and I. Like, when you see the news, it's like how you feel about Florida Man in yeah. Florida. It's like, oh, Pleasant Prairie, what do you know? Another body dumped. Yeah. See, that's how I feel So Sheboygan. pleasant. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. We yeah. have to do a Sheboygan, Sheboygan episode, yeah. too. That place is fucked up. Yeah, that's yeah. how I always feel, like, with that. I mean, I don't want to taint my town, because I love, you know, my hometown. I'm from was, West Dallas. There was, it's like, fine. some shit that went on <laughs> in Raymond, but, you know, it was, like, country. Right. Country shit. Yeah. You know, dignified 
type stuff of murder and mm-hmm. body dumping. But man, Sheboygan is just yeah, got the crazy. It's story. gnarly. I mean, it's, it's basically crazy. like West Dallas and Sheboygan County. Yeah, and I can say that because I'm from there. Wasn't there a radio station that did like funny stories out of Sheboygan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a, a while ago, I. Yeah, there definitely I was. My it's husband like, used to work there, and we would call it Shavegas. It's crazy up there. It's like what happens in Shavegas stays in Shavegas. <laughs> so funny. So, all right. So until next time, take that trip, but pack wisely because you never know who you will run into down, down Murder, Murder Lane. Lane. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.